Hi, Pete. Hello. Lovely to see you. So, who are you? Um, what are you doing with your life? Well, you've just said my name. I'm Pete. Um, I uh, am married to Rachel. We have Evie, who's our little two-year-old, and we've got one on the way during August. Um, but I'm currently uh, doing some vicar training in Bristol, uh, and we're moving to Torquay, also known the area as Torbados in um, in August. And the reason I'm chatting to you is not only because you're lovely, but because you used to be part of Unlimited. And as part of your vicar training, you've been thinking about the topic I want to ask you questions about. Great. So, Pete, today we're talking about money and giving at church. Now, in my mind, you stand out as gadget boy. You've always (laughs) got something new and exciting you're buying, but also you're Mr. Wheeler Dealer because... You never seem to buy stuff without selling something else. And you've always got some cunning plan or send something back, claiming it's not working and, and got a deal. So um, tell me, what about you and money? Yeah, well, this, this uh, James, this comes at a very painful time. I, um, yeah, I, I am always buying and selling stuff and justifying it to myself. Um, but I, I um, some of you may know, I'm, I'm quite into motorbikes and... Um, I thought as an early curacy present to myself, I would, <laughs> I would buy a new one. And of course, I'm very, um, uh, I'm quite impatient and, and quite um, r- running on the fumes of excitement, went out and bought one very quickly and have ever since stressed about it um, because I'm convinced that there's something wrong with it every day. Um and just yesterday, so so James said it about I'm thinking about money at the moment, um, and it's because I'm doing my um, master's dissertation on what Jesus says about money in Luke, and I was reading a uh, academic journal whilst thinking about my motorbike and how worried I am about it and how much it's going to cost to get it sorted and whatever, um, and literally reading things that Jesus was saying about like you know things that take your attention away from me basically will just possess you um don't let your possessions possess you and i was sat there letting something possess me whilst reading exactly what jesus was saying about it so that is very challenging and very close to home at the moment so how do but how do we get the balance because because you know you've got a nice coffee machine i saw in your kitchen the other day on zoom you've you've got a bike does jesus say we shouldn't have that kind of stuff yeah i, I think I, I suppose from the kind of reading and thinking that I've done so far, I think I'd want to say we're very, very quick to justify what we have, what we do with our money. Um, and I suppose like Jesus paints a very mixed picture in Luke. Some of the things he says seem to affirm wealth and say, yeah, it's all right to have money and stuff. <laughs> And then other things he says will sound very critical of money and like we should give everything away. And so trying to marry up what is Jesus actually trying to say? And um, but but equally, I think we are far too quick to see the affirming stuff without paying attention to where Jesus points out the, the sort of perils, as it were, of becoming too attached to our stuff. Um, and I think perhaps one of the things so this might be going a bit off track but one of the things that I think um we perhaps need to change our thinking on is about our 
um, our ownership of our stuff. Like it's a very Western thing, isn't it? To think that we own things or that, you know, we even talk about like stewardship in church, which applies like, you know, everything that we've got is given to us from God and it's just up to us to, you know, what we do with that. Actually, there's like in Psalm 24, it talks about like everything is the Lord's, um, sorry, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Like everything that we have is actually God's. Like we don't actually own our stuff. Um, so I think the challenge is how do we steward what is already God's and change our thinking about okay in that way because that's massive because we're thinking today about giving predominantly uh, yeah. and the classic Christian teaching is about giving a tithe which is ten percent which I love because it's kind of it doesn't matter whether you're really rich or not ten percent is affordable or, or works for all of us um, but you're saying it's not just about the ten percent it's about the 90 percent as well yeah yeah definitely i think yeah it's it's very easy isn't it to sort of like especially if you're doing budgeting or something you go through it and you think right well that's you know x y whatever i've given that to god that's fine but actually we think about it's got to be more comprehensive like like i think just to big up your son for a moment the way toby thinks about the consequences of where his money goes what that actually fuels you know does this fuel um unethical employment in other parts of the world by me spending my money here you know we think comprehensively not just about giving to church per se but all the other ways in which our money um affects people around the world thinking more globally i suppose okay but the, I, we like i i think often we go from one end to the other you know we go okay so it's not about my giving it's about my keeping and how i use that what about giving what what have you learned what would you how have you grown since I first met you when you were 17 or whatever uh, in round giving? Yeah, okay. I'll try and take this away from the <laughs> the boring academic stuff. Um, but I suppose, like, I'd, I didn't give in any committed, like, long-term way until I, until I joined Unlimited, I think. So probably about six months, nine months into being Unlimited, we started giving... Um, regularly and what i mean by that is like standing order same amount every month whatever um and what i did is i i say i because it was me doing it um in, in conversation with rage um we, we started small and then we just built things up over time because it's it like you know if you if you look at 10 percent of like your salary or you know your student loan or whatever you might have coming in every month sometimes that figure can be quite scary because you know 10 percent of someone earning a hundred thousand pounds and you know they're not going to notice that as much in the same way that someone earning ten thousand pounds a year is going to notice so i think we also need to think relatively um but uh yeah we just started small and then just tried to increase it and try to push ourselves more and more as time time went on um but like when i was in the church i was in before we came to unlimited it was just i just always would make excuses i'd just say like oh yeah i'll do it next month or you know i'd get the letter from the treasurer annually like saying you know are you going to think about giving this year and i think yeah that's great i'll do it and i think the thing i kind of want to um ram home i suppose is that like the way we treat money and how we use money actually jesus says is an indicator of where our discipleship is at and that's one of the more challenging things like um 
Jesus says, like, where in Matthew 4 or 6, can't remember which one, um, like, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Like, if we went through each other's bank statements, which we have talked about doing in my prayer triplet at college, we haven't quite got there yet, you know, what does it show that we value? Like, do we value, um, you know, entertainment, having all the stuff that we want? You know, do we value giving, not just to church, but, like, to other stuff as well? Um so I, I mean, for me, it's been a real journey of kind of waking up to money is actually one of the core issues at the heart of Jesus teaching that so much, you know, we just overlook so often, partly because we're British and it's awkward to talk about. Um, but this is like a key discipleship issue. And yeah, how we treat our money really shows us like where our allegiance is, as it were. Um, yeah. And has that has there been stuff where you feel you're giving his change your discipleship or it's affected it? Yeah, I think one of the things I didn't expect is um, like initially it was just, a, it felt like a huge choice. Um, not only because I think I convinced myself like, oh, you know, what if next month, you know, something comes up or I get a car bill or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we've always had enough. We've always had enough. You know, even recently, like, um, uh, like just last, no, last year, the year we moved to Bristol, whenever that was, yeah. 2019, uh, we had, I can't remember what it was, some, there was some big, or like just the cost of moving was adding up. Um, and we were thinking, where's this money going to come from? And then we had a tax rebate of like 600 quid, which covered loads of stuff yeah. that we were paying out for at the time. And I think, almost every time we've had a stress about money something has come through and I'm not saying necessarily because the danger here is you then begin to fall into the trap of saying well like your faithfulness and giving you know God will always you know yeah <laughs> you know, bolster you up as it were and that doesn't always happen but equally sometimes you know God does say that he'll provide for our physical needs um so I think sometimes we just have a very different idea of what needs are versus wants don't we um yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I did. Like providing our daily bread doesn't mean our daily croissants, does it? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I guess my other question: you talked about where your heart is. Money's, you know, we see where our heart is. Uh, so you've been married for quite a while. Uh, how? What? Where does kind of marriage and money and all of that fit together? Well, yeah, this is <laughs> Rach is way better. At being generous and um, being more open-handed with her money and I think largely over years of talking about it I think that's down to how her parents were with money in terms of like she had parents who would always talk about how they spent their money they would openly talk about giving even when they felt like they couldn't or they didn't have things going to add up um, and kind of giving through the tough times whereas my parents like like my dad's a, an accountant and you just, he just never like my parents were just never, there was never kind of an open door policy yeah. on the conversation of money at home. I'm not saying it's their fault because it's, you know, I'm an adult, yeah. make my own decisions. Um, but um, Rach, that dynamic at first was quite a tension in our marriage because like we agreed that I would kind of oversee the practicalities of day to day money management but that we would always talk about like big decisions or budgeting or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was very much an equal thing. And Rach would always want to be giving more or doing something or giving to this person or whatever. Um, and so 
she also i think god working through her to change my heart in terms of seeing giving as a as a as a genuine joy rather than like a oh i've got to do that or oh i'm going to miss out on that money because to be honest the more we've given over the years and that's fluctuated with incomes and whatever i'm not suggesting there's you know been one upward curve it hasn't it's been zigzagging all over the place but uh when we've stepped out in faith in that respect the joy of seeing you know someone that you've supported or like a project come to fruition because you've contributed something to it i don't know whatever is massive so like if if there is anything to get back from it i think god blesses us in terms of you know that whole cheesy thing of like it's better to give than it is to receive but it's true like you know it is a genuine joy and that i think sometimes we i think too often we want the feelings to come before the choice don't we so we want to feel good about something before we make the choice but actually i think god always or nearly always works in the opposite way so we make a choice for him and then god blesses us with the kind of you know feelings that support that and show us why we've just done that Um, and also i guess on the feelings front you know uh, obviously now you have the perfect marriage but I imagine in the early years, there's stuff around uh, Rachel going, do I really want to spend my hard-earned money on a motorbike? But but you've gone in it together. So your money's her money and and her money's your money. And, and, and I guess there's something similar there with God, isn't there? That, that it's not God's pot, my pot, Rachel's pot, Pete's pot. It, it's part of our love and our covenant and commitment to each other that, that it... it it's not as it was before Mm. yeah yeah and i think as well like um uh like i was reading some research a couple of weeks ago which is talking about the way millennials and younger generations give and the way that that's changed um sorry this is a bit bit of a tangent but i was just thinking about it in terms of um like uh i think the younger you are the more inclined you are to think spontaneously in terms of like, oh, i'll give to that or i'll you know buy that homeless person a coffee or whatever but i think as well like god god wants our god wants our commitment and sometimes that's a helpful way to do in like a monthly managed way i'm not saying god necessarily endorses you know the standing order approach as opposed to any other method of giving um but i think as well being being conscious of like how culture shapes our yeah. approach to giving um, and being countercultural in that. So that was a real aside, actually. No, no that's it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I get my last one. We probably our time is up, but if you, if I asked you for two or three things, either you wished you'd known at 19 or you'd want to say to guys who maybe are new to church or, or haven't ever really thought about giving, what would your top tips be or top points? Um, I think, uh, and and with with full disclosure in mind, like this is this is something that I really struggle. You know, as as um, disclosed in the uh, in the motorbike fiasco, um, you know, stuff wants to grip a hold of us isn't it like things like money and having certain things compete for our attention um and, and also fear i think in there isn't it for you it's yeah. it, it, and probably me it's it's around wanting 
for others, it's just the, the crippling fear of, of I'm so scared about money. I don't want to, I can't give to church because I can't afford to live. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that fear is ultimately a failure of trust, isn't it? In terms of our ability or willingness to trust God. And I think, um, I just, I think I wish someone had told me earlier, just go for it, start small, make that choice because it does get easier. <laughs> um, but I think that the killer thing for me that Jesus talks about, which I've said already is where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think for me, it became a, it became a, a discipline or a choice of like, well, I don't want, even though my heart is does want other things and does want certain possessions i don't want them to be there so i'm going to have to choose something different even though it doesn't feel like the thing that i want to do or feel naturally inclined to do um and and from that point on things began to change and like i say i still you know the thing about the motorbike is i just it's it's an irrational fear isn't it of like i'm not gonna have the money to fix it or i don't want to be without it or you know whatever but god just asked us to trust him and to be faithful and being faithful looks like being generous even when that doesn't feel natural or yeah. we don't know how the ones and zeros are going to add up yeah. yeah brilliant mate thank you so much right. great to chat to you as always you too take care bye bye Yeah. <laughs>